0: Hello, Reptile Entrepreneurs. This is your host, Bill Strand. Today, we have a return visit from Richard Clark, our patent attorney. He's coming to talk to us about trademarks, what are they, and how do we use them to protect our business? Please join me in welcoming Richard Clark back to the podcast. Welcome, Reptile Entrepreneurs. This is Bill Strand, and we are back for part two with Richard Clark, who is a patent attorney, and today we're going to be talking about trademarks. Richard, welcome back to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me, Bill. So we talked about patents last time. Today is trademarks. So let's just start off. What is a trademark and what is trademarkable?
1: Okay, Bill. um, A trademark is either words, a logo, or a slogan that you use in connection with promoting goods or services. Let me give you a really good example. Allstate sells insurance services. They have a a three part trademark. They have the word Allstate Insurance, which has been protected. They have the two hands cupped as a logo in a circle. And then they have the slogan below that you're in good hands. Okay. All three of those are trademarks separable or as a composite mark, and they're protectable, and no one can infringe those marks and sell similar or related services, for example, go into the insurance business. So okay. all state has it covered.
0: Now, you said uh, similar products can somebody selling uh, uh, fish ponds, use something similar?
1: Yes, they can. Let me explain. For every trademark filed for federal protection, there are 45 categories of goods and services. For example, if you're going to trademark a beer, you would be in a specific class. If you were going to trademark security services, you'd be in an entirely different class. So the trademarks, that are filed have to be similar in sight, sound and meaning. And also they have to be related or similar goods or services in order to be uh, uh, trademarked or rejected by the trademark office. Let me give you an example. I could not trademark the word Apple for any type of electronics right now. Apple is a computer company, and they also make iPods and iPads and all kinds of other electronics. So I would absolutely be refused for that. But if I were selling brooms, I could label them Apple, Apple brooms. I could sell Apple cars. I mean, maybe not cars. I don't know, (laughs) because Apple may have self-driving cars now or in the future. So you get the idea. In other words, I I could use a common word like Allstate, but I I would have to stay away from insurance services, security services, banking services, anything related to financing or insurance. But I could call my farm Allstate Farms and I could sell
0: pork. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the words, uh, you're in good hands. What is trademarked on that? Is it the words or the appearance of those words, as in the font and the color and such?
1: It actually it's a it's it's the words, Bill. So let's okay. go over it again. A trademark can consist of one or more elements. The first is the word. Okay, the word mark is all state. The second is any kind of a logo that you put together. For example, the ATT Globe or the Nike swoosh. That's the logo. Okay. And the third is a slogan. Uh the original uh This or since 1953 or since uh, you know the 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 Mm -hmm. the, uh, you're in good hands or uh, uh, I'm trying to think of some other slogans that are out there that become just do it just do it perfect Bill perfect okay so so the trademark can be one. Or more of those elements put together, or you could trademark each individually so that when people see that mark in conjunction with the connection of, uh, the goods or services, uh, uh, they will, they will relate to that, the source of the reputation of the company.
0: Okay. And how hard is it to get a trademark?
1: Well, um, the process is, I would say not very difficult but there are so many marks already protected out there that the most important thing is to be creative. And you 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 want, I tell my clients, you want a mark that has marketing sizzle. You want something that's exciting. You want something that looks good or sounds good. Uh if you if you tra- tried to trademark the pet rock i mean that's that's it's it's unique but it doesn't have a lot of excitement surrounding it um, okay. and and also it's good to be descriptive so in the beginning you've got to be creative you've got to find a mark that you really like but don't stop there i tell all clients don't get married to one single mark when you come to me To do a trademark search, I will search three marks because usually the first one or and or the second one is not available because someone also has it. Not all trademarks that have been registered are in commercial exploitation right now. They're just Mm -hmm. on reserve, Mm -hmm. some of them. You know, some not all of them are used, but you still can't get a trademark if someone else has done it before you.
0: Okay. Well, how important is it to do a trademark? And the perspective that I'm coming from is, say, those of us in the, uh, we're solo entrepreneurs, and we make up a drawing, and we put together the name of our company, and that's that's our logo, uh, something we put together ourselves at what point is it important to trademark that?
1: Well, um, it's important for a couple of reasons. And, and and I'll make two points here. The first point is, is if you're gonna move forward and build your business, you're not gonna want people to come along after and try to fool the public that they're selling what you're selling. So a trademark can become very important. For example, Your house mark might be your company name, like Ford Motor Company. That's called a house mark. It's a trademark as well, but it covers many trademarks under it. For example, the Ford Bronco or the Ford Taurus. Those are trademarks for specific products that the house mark Ford Motor Company sells. So if you're gonna move forward and build a business and you don't want people to come in later and try to fool the public, uh, you know, I have the same thing and our name is the same and they write on your marketing dollar coattails, uh, you should trademark you, your image, yeah, your agree. corporate image, either as a house mark or as individual product marks or both. And the other reason you might wanna do that is a lot of people build companies for the purpose of selling them to a larger company or merging with a larger company. Uh, and before that merger or acquisition takes place, they're going to want to see that you've protected your trademarks. They're going to want to see that you've protected your name. Even if they change them later, if they buy your company, they want that built-in protection. And each time you get a trademark, you increase the value of your company uh, more than a million fold.
0: Okay. Uh, so, Getting into how we make our logos and such, uh, many of us will go to the computer and there's all sorts of fonts available, Arial, Times, New Roman and such, uh, and we make a logo using one of those fonts. Uh, How does that uh, affect the ability to trademark?
1: Well, um, like I said, there are three types of trademarks. Um, if you're doing a word mark, if you're just doing your words, it it has to be in no particular font. You're protecting mm-hmm. the words in any font. If you're doing a stylized logo with with a really stylized font, you know, like fiery brewery or whatever, you know, and you've got flames and you've got red and you, have it goes from big to small, uh, uh, like a flame itself, uh, then you would want a design graphic uh, person to do that for you. Or if you're talented in that regard, uh, you can do it yourself. And that image would be protected. Uh, as far as the slogan goes, um, if you wanted to put it in a special font, if it were related to that special logo, then you would use uh, any font you want and it would be protected in all fonts. So, again, the words and the slogans are protected no matter what font they're in, but the logo is protected with regard to its stylized uh, look and also possibly color. As well. Okay.
0: So even if a logo, uh, uses a standard font, you can still trademark it.
1: Correct. Okay. Correct. Cause that would be the word part of
0: the, the overall trademark, the composite trademark. Okay. And what is the process for getting a trademark? Okay.
1: I alluded to this earlier. Um, You've got to be creative. I mean you've got to um, a lot of my clients will write down their 10 favorite possible trademarks and then they will take them to family members or work co-workers or people outside of the industry and they will do a kind of a market analysis or market research and say which one do you like the best and they'll narrow it down to three and, and this is what I tell them come to me with three. Because when I do a trademark search, I'll search three and they should be slightly different. They they they, they actually should be different because if I search one and, it, and the next one is just a plural of that one, I've already knocked it out if I'm knocked out mm-hmm. the first one. So they should be very different. The first one should be ABC. The second one should be EFG. And the third one should be XYZ. They should be that different. And then go to a trademark attorney and say, hey, which one of these do you like? And would you search all three of these and tell me which one of these do you think I have a high probability of getting registered? Uh, And then we would do the search and we would do the report and the analysis. And then if your first choice is clear, we would go ahead and file a trademark application. Now, that application would have to be either a use-based application, which means you're already using that mark in interstate commerce between federal or state boundaries, or it could be uh, on the reservation system, which is called an intent-to-use-based trademark application. And you would have to sign an affidavit when you file it with the U.S. government, with the U.S. Trademark Office, that states that you have a bona fide intent to use this trademark in connection with these products or services within the next three years. So you can reserve it for up to three years. Uh, I normally recommend that they somehow start using it and you have a use-based trademark application because an intent-to-use application or what we call an ITU takes a statement of use later after you start using it. So it costs a little bit more. It's better to, to okay. go with a mark that's open and start using it and then apply for it the day that you start using it, the week after, the day after, the month after, but very close on to the date that you start using it in interstate commerce. Okay, uh, And then we would file the trademark application.
0: And how do they judge how if your application is too close to another one?
1: Well, that judgment starts with your trademark attorney. And so I will tell you, don't file it. It's too close or let's file it. I think we can get it through. And a lot of times the examiners will throw something up and say, hey, you're too similar to this. And okay. we'll have to prosecute that application, which means I'll have to write back arguments why the examiner is wrong. This is very common. They don't all go straight through. Uh, if you do a good search and you have a really creative mark, it'll go straight through. But if it's kind of close, maybe a little bit close in services or or goods or sight, sound or meaning, uh, it, it may get rejected. Uh, let me just say this, um, you're not going to be able to federally register your new restaurant if you call it the crazy chicken, because in sight, sound and meaning, we already have El Pollo Loco out there and they've got trademarks and that's the meaning part of it. You also can't file for some telecommunication services and have anything that looks like the AT&T globe. Uh, as 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 your mark even if you put another word or another slogan with it it's too close and 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 that's in sight and and that's in meaning and then in sound you can't just put an s at the end of it so you can't say nikes or or Mm -hmm. nike xl or something like that because it's too close in sound i mean that's the main word of the mark So we go through that. We try to make the prosecution as minimal as possible, but it could happen. And uh, and and we have to fight for your trademark in some instances.
0: Okay. And what are the uh, the what is the proper usage for the TM and the R?
1: Excellent question. Excellent question. So when you adopt a mark and you start using it, whether you're using it on a website or on a brochure or at a trade show or out in public, selling it on the product themselves, if you haven't got a registration, you need to use the TM symbol. The TM means I'm using this as a trademark, I'm using this mark, this word, this logo, this slogan, or all three together in a composite mark, uh, as a trademark. So it puts people on notice that I'm using it as a trademark. You cannot use the R in the circle, which stands for registered trademark until we actually get the registration mailed to you and you have it in your hand or I have it in my office, then you can convert to the R in the circle, which means this trademark is registered. So the difference is the first one, the TM is, I'm using it as a trademark, no trespassing. Mm -hmm. The second one is I have registered this trademark, keep out. It's very different.
0: So say you have a TM after your logo that you, you put together, what does that do for you if somebody is applying for uh, a, a trademark for something that's pretty similar?
1: Okay. It boils down to this. When you start using a trademark, you have what's called priority of use. So in the beginning if you have adopted a trademark, you should use it right away, as soon as possible in interstate commerce, because that's when your trademark rights begin. You can't hold on to it and say, hey, I'm gonna do it five years from now. Somebody else comes in with something similar, you're you're not gonna get your trademark registered. So priority of use is number one, and it's very, very important. It's also important to do a full search, a full trademark search with a trademark attorney or on your own online, if, you, if you're good enough to do it, to find out if anybody's got anything similar in Sight, Sound and Meeting and in related goods or services, because you're probably not going to get it. Even if they haven't registered it yet, if they've already started using it, uh, you're not likely to get it. And they can yeah. come back and complain that you got a trademark when they were using it before you, in what's called the cancellation process. So if they're a sophisticated company, they'll see that you've got a trademark after their priority date of use, and they can knock you out even if you've gone through it and got it registered by an oversight of the U.S. Trademark Office.
0: And you say knock you out. uh, If Who is actually going to come to your door and say, you better stop?
1: well once you file a a trademark application
0: and it gets allowed
1: uh it gets published for what what is called opposition and a lot of the big companies and a lot of trademark attorneys are watching the published marks to see if anybody's trying to get anything similar and if they object to your getting the registration uh, they can start an opposition proceeding and knock your trademark registration out, which means you'll never get it registered. If okay. you got it through and you got it registered and they learn about it later, they can file a similar objection called a cancellation of a registered trademark. And all they have to do is go to the trademark office and prove that they were using something similar for similar or related goods before use you, your date of, of, of first use or your date, if it's an ITU, of filing, which is a constructive date of first use.
0: Okay. And how long does it take to go through the process?
1: Okay. Once you come up with three names, I can do a search within seven to 10 days and give you a report on which is the best or tell you come up with three more. Okay. I hate to do that, but sometimes it happens. Um, then uh, to prepare and file the trademark application takes within one to two weeks. We have to get specimens of use together, dates of first use, who's the owner, and we'll talk about ownership in a minute. And, um, and then we put the logo or the slogan or the words together or separately. And sometimes I may tell a client to file more than one trademark application to protect these things separately, or, or they can file one that protects all three together. Then we file. Okay. So now we're, we're 10 days, two weeks, we're three weeks out. Let's say it takes four to five months for the trademark application to get picked up by a U.S. trademark office examiner looked at, and they will send an office action back. Now, sometimes if we did our homework properly, that office action will be a notice of allowance or a notice of publication, which means they will publish it for that opposition period. If not, if they feel something's too close, they'll send back a rejection letter or they'll send back a letter to clarify the goods or uh, clarify the recitation of services. And we'll have to file an amendment and a response to that. And they will give us six months to file that. Normally, the client will decide quickly. We'll file it quickly. And then if everything is in order, we'll get a notice of allowance. It'll get published for opposition. And we'll get the trademark registration certificate in due course. The whole process takes about a year to a year and a half.
0: Okay. And is it... Uh... Am I Would I be correct? <laughs> I wouldn't even make assumptions here. Uh, but with a patent, I have to do a patent application within a year of first use. Is there any such uh, limitation with trademarks?
1: No, there isn't. Um, once you start using a trademark, especially in interstate commerce, but even locally, you start accruing what are called common law trademark rights. And, and they're limited rights, and they have to be adjudicated in a state court, not a federal court. So one of the best reasons to get a federal trademark registration is because it opens up more avenues of protection for you over and above a common law trademark right. Common law trademark rights are not very powerful. Federal trademark rights are extremely and the most powerful rights that you can get. So you can you can have a trademark and you could use it for years and years and years. And you have common law rights accruing. But if you don't register it, you can never take it to federal court.
0: Okay, and say, uh, say I get a trademark and somebody is uh, making something that violates my trademark. Uh, what's my, uh, would you call it? What's my remedy? Uh, mm-hmm. What is the only thing I can do is to pay a bunch of money to the legal system to tell them to stop?
1: No, not necessarily. Um, the first thing I recommend the client do would be to go to the trademark attorney that they worked with, or find a good trademark attorney and get an analysis of whether or not it's truly trademark infringement. Okay, if it is. Um, what I recommend the client do is send a friendly letter first, business to business, not attorney to business or okay. attorney to attorney, and say, hey, we noticed your trademark out there. Did you know we have this registration? Did you know we've been using it for similar or related goods or services since 1983? Did you know... Uh, you know, that we have counsel and, and, and would you like to voluntarily stop using it? Uh, you know, because okay. you're confusing the public. And normally, if they're a sophisticated other company or individual, they will see the writing on the wall at that point and change their name. They will agree to stop using it. They may ask you if they could get a license, but trademark licenses are much more complicated than patent licenses and I can get into that in a minute. If that business to business letter doesn't work, then you want your trademark attorney to send what's called a cease and desist letter. And I do a lot of them. And I'll send a letter to this person and I'll say, hey, absolutely, my client has spent all this money, all this effort and all this time protecting his trademarks and he's not gonna acquiesce in his trademark rights and he's not gonna let you continue. You need to stop. Using the mark for these goods or these services, or we're going to take you to court.
0: And what are some examples of that? Uh, Trademarks are a representative uh, representation of the company. And so you wouldn't want to be confused with another company that has a similar logo. Uh, So is this a case of uh, who has to? Uh, change their logo?
1: Uh, Yeah, it would be a case. Um, But let's let's simplify it. Let's just say uh, the name of your company is Dragon Strand, right? Yep. Okay. Let's say somebody came out, it doesn't matter where, with a huge website and a huge wholesale retail operation, and they called it Dragon Reptiles. Okay. Okay. You wouldn't be happy with that if they were directly competing with you. So you yeah. would send them a letter and you would say, Hey, I've been using this mark for years. I've got a registration. I've got common law rights. I need you to stop using it. And, and if they didn't, then you would come to me and we would send them a cease and desist letter. Or okay. we would, we would, we would threaten, threaten them with litigation. And when we would ask for arbitration mediation before we, You know, file any kind of a lawsuit and usually they will have to stop because that's too close using the same word dragon for, you know, the same type of goods and services would just confuse the public completely. Okay. So they, they wouldn't be able to tell which is which, which company has the reputation, which is the source of the goods or services that they were allowing. And so, um, you would, you would, you would have to protect your mark. In that regard, I I don't know if that answers your question. Ask me again. Uh,
0: Yeah, I was just uh, trying to figure out the scenario that you would actually have two people trying to fight over the same mark. Mm
1: -hmm. And the
0: only one Mm -hmm. I could come up with is if they were both developing this company in parallel, maybe unaware of the other. And then they suddenly find themselves uh, in a confusing situation, yeah. uh, because nobody would, you wouldn't want to have a name similar to another company unless you were trying to siphon off their, their customers, which that's an obvious situation, but, right. uh, otherwise you wouldn't want to have a confusing trademark. Right.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's why you do a search in the beginning before you name your product or your company, and, um, uh, you know, when you get a corporation or an LLC formed in whatever state you're in, they do a full search, too, to see if there are any names that are confusingly similar. I uh, mean, mm-hmm. you can't get if if there's a, a, a Sunshine Realty, you can't get Sunset Realty. I mean, it's too close. You know, they won't let you form that LLC. Okay. So um, in most cases, in a in a state like California, they're very strict about that because they don't want people riding on the coattails of other people's uh, uh, marketing dollars. Uh, but, you know, I, I would recommend that if you have a long standing name in any business that you get a trademark for it, just in case somebody else comes out and tries to fool the public about where the products are coming from, where the services are coming from. Um, and, and uh, you know, it goes a long way also to the value of your company. It doesn't look like you value your company very well if you don't value your name enough to protect it. Mm -hmm. And once you protect your company name and maybe a few product names as well, your company is very, very attractive to larger companies in the same business to acquire you.
0: Okay. And what costs are involved in getting a trademark?
1: Well, I will in my office again, um, I have a lot of experience, so this may be a lot less expensive if you go to a website like Zoom Legal or Legal Zoom or whatever they're called, although they don't do a very good job. Uh, they're they're acceptable, but they don't do a really good job. Uh, I've had some clients come in and have problems with their with their filings. But um I will search three names and please try to make those names creative and different for a set fee of $500. And then if one of those names is acceptable, and I, I believe, in my opinion, my learned, experienced, 28-year opinion, that we can get it through, it will cost you $3,000 to file one trademark application for one mark with either a logo words or a slogan in one class of goods or services. If you want to do it in more than one class, let's say you want to do backpacks, which is in the sporting goods class, and clothing, like hats or T-shirts, which is in a different class, that's in the clothing class, then you'd have to pay $500 extra for that second class if we filed those applications simultaneously.
0: Okay. And for those of us considering whether we should do a trademark or not, uh, are there any surprises or anything that I haven't thought of asking that uh, the people who have gotten the trademark, what do they wish they would have known at the beginning? (laughs) uh, Just a strange way of asking the question. It's one of those things. uh, What uh, am I not knowing to ask?
1: Yeah. Yeah, the, the most important thing I can stress is if you're going to pick a new name for a new product or a new company, be creative. Don't be a copycat. Don't, don't call your new cola Repsy. There's already a Pepsi out there. Don't be stupid about it. You know, okay. do something new with a lot of sizzle. Really study it. Do a market study. Even if you just ask your like your family, you know, ask your kids, ask your grandparents, do you know, do you like this? What do you like about it? Is this is this cool You to your kids? You know, because you've got you've got to target your audience. Are you selling something for okay. senior citizens? Or are you selling something for teenagers? Ask them what they like about it and which one do they like better? And and that and that process is difficult. It's a difficult process because you may like the one they don't like, Mm -hmm. and, and I might not like the one you pick and, and, you know, and, and then we might, you might pick one and I might search it and and you might not get it because somebody in Houston's already got it. Mm -hmm. So you just don't know. So if I were to give advice moving forward, I would say spend a lot of time and be really creative about what you name your product, what you name your company. There's a lot in a name. There are terrible names out there.
0: <laughs> there are
1: names that don't mean anything. Yeah, you know there are horrible trademarks. Yeah, you know I, when I first heard the name Zell, I, I didn't know what they were talking about. I didn't even have any idea what they were talking about. But if they had made the money Quick Money Exchange or something like that, I'd know what they were talking about. Mm-hmm you know and there are other marks that are really good like copper tone for a suntan lotion you know exactly what they're talking about rapid yeah. shave for shaving cream you know exactly what they're talking about it says something about the product
0: yeah okay all right well i believe we have covered as much about trademark as we can at this point uh and so Uh, I want to, Richard, I want to thank you very much for coming on and sharing uh, what you know about trademarks.
1: I I appreciate the opportunity. It's been a good, good session.
0: And if people want to uh, contact you, what would be the best way? Uh, You
1: can give out my email address. Email is the best way for me to handle it. I get a lot of calls and I I get a lot of texts and email I can handle. Okay. Calls would be a little more difficult. I would say if you send me an email and um, you're really interested in my services, I will send you back all of my contact information. But for now, I would just like to receive inquiries by email.
0: Okay. So go to the show notes at reptileentrepreneur.com for this episode, and I will have his email there uh, if you want to contact Richard directly.
1: And you can also put up my website address, which is uh, patentlawoffices with an com.
0: Okay, I will do so. Richard, thank you very much for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me, Bill. I appreciate it. Thank
0: you. Bye bye. Thank you, Richard, for coming by and talking to us about trademarks. If you are interested in getting some help with a trademark for your company, The contact information for Richard Clark is in the show notes at reptileentrepreneur.com. Thank you for joining me here as we learn the entrepreneurial arts. Take care of yourself. Take care of our reptile community. and Let's see what we can build.